Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Well, you are listening to The Mortification of Spin. This is Todd Pruitt, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Carl Truman and Amy Bird. Carl, Amy, how are we doing? How are you feeling happy. today? You're I'm quite happy. happy. Yeah. Carl, are you happy I'm today? I'm doing as well as can be expected, given the company I find myself <laughs> in. <laughs> well, we thought we would talk about something uncomplicated uh, without any nuance, and that is uh, the topic of, of depression and, and anxiety. So very simple. Nobody has any questions about those. But seriously, the church, the body of Christ, uh, has all sorts of people, and among those folks are, are those who struggle with depression and, and anxiety, and, and oftentimes we find it hard to speak with and to minister to those who struggle with that. I, I posted something uh, just recently on depression, and I talked about, um, as a pastor, even as someone who myself has struggled with gloominess and anxiety um, and depression, I find it much easier to talk with someone about their cancer than I do to talk with a person who's suffering from depression mm. about their depression. It's, it's harder to get a handle on. I find oftentimes that people who struggle with depression are embarrassed by it. Even after all we know, there still is a kind of a stigma attached to it because let's face it, it belongs in the category of, of mental illness, even though oftentimes the causes are physiological. And so there is a stigma attached. And so, and it's also very easy sometimes to, to end up being like Job's friends Mm -hmm. uh, offering answers that might be in and of themselves in an abstract sense, correct, but completely incorrect in that particular situation. And so we're like people using tools unskillfully at those times. And so we just want to talk a little bit about how we might be able to speak into the lives of those who are struggling, how we might be able to use scripture, what we want to avoid. How do we want to start? How about this? How about this? How about we do this? Is depression a sin? That's a good question because... My husband struggles with anxiety, mm -hmm. and um, when he was having, a, a, well, this was years ago, true panic attacks, yeah. like physiological reactions, and he goes to talk to different people about it, and, you know, friends are like, oh, you know, you just need to read your Bible more and pray harder, yeah. And, yeah. and I think doing that actually increases anxiety <laughs> levels because there's this guilt associated sure, with it sure. to where you shouldn't feel this way mm -hmm. and and um, you should be thankful. I mean, there was nothing in our lives at that time that was any reason to be right. anxious, but still his body is having this overactive re reaction at times, a lot of the time when he's driving down the road, sure. you know, commuting home from work or something. And so, yeah, there was embarrassment attached to it. And then there was also guilt mm -hmm. because he felt like I shouldn't be feeling this right. way. And one and one person gave him the advice. Well, you know, um, anxiety is a sin. <laughs> right, right. And the Lord tells us not to be anxious right. and you're being anxious. But if there was anything that he could do in his power to <laughs> right. not be anxious, right. you know, he would just tell me what to do and I'll do it, yeah, you know? Yeah. So there was a real struggle with that question. What I tell people is that I don't believe that depression is a sin, although it could be that some of the causes of depression are sinful. And it could be sometimes often is that some of the responses 
that a depressed person might have to their depression can mm-hmm. be sin. But, you know, your point, I, oftentimes there are there are answers dealing with physiology or, or past traumas mm-hmm. um, or or current traumas that uh, mm-hmm. that can be the source of depression and i wouldn't want to burden a person genuinely struggling with depression yeah there's so uh, many layers to what, what there, the cause is yeah there's is so it? many layers and and the anxiety thing is is really interesting because people and understandably will appeal to paul be not anxious for anything don't be anxious about anything well that that's really clear but but i i also think we have to consider the fact that not all anxieties are alike and there are different kinds of anxiety you have anxieties that are caused by poor and sinful choices. You know, I mean, I get anxious if I do something stupid or sinful. Mm-hmm. My children get anxious when they do something sinful and they know mm-hmm. that they're going to experience some discipline mm-hmm. because of it. But there's also anxiety that comes from, for instance, shouldering a noble burden. So we think about the Apostle Paul, who again told the Philippians, don't be anxious for anything. But he also wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11 of the anxiety he had, his words, the anxiety of caring for all the churches, which he classified as a pain right up there with being beaten with rods and shipwrecked and being lashed 39 times. And so I would say that that was an anxiety that was the result of shouldering a a noble burden, caring for the churches. So was that sin for Paul? Well, I think we, we can give a Christological reference to that. Yes. Because you go to the Garden of Gethsemane, Absolutely. Christ is praying, he's, you know, he's sweating great drops of blood, an angel appears to comfort him. I think we would typically say that Christ is exhibiting there, humanly speaking, the, the symptoms of being anxious. Absolutely. And understandably so. But Christ in his human nature is not sinning. Right. In doing that, he's mm-hmm. just feeling the incredible burden mm-hmm. of that which he's undergoing and that which he is about to face in, in a final and devastating form. So the idea of, of anxiety as a general concept being always sinful in all times and all places – wrong but you know if i've robbed a bank and i'm anxious that the police <laughs> right. are going to catch me yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a sinful that's a, that's a sinful anxiety and, and while we're while we're talking about jesus going beyond anxiety to what we might describe closer as depression isaiah 53 he is a man of sorrows acquainted mm. with mm. grief mm-hmm. yep. i find it interesting that we do not have a portrait of jesus in the bible laughing now did he ever laugh i would say probably at some point uh, he was a, making some jokes, a little bit. you know, he mm-hmm. was a, he was a he took on a, a human nature. I would imagine at some point he laughed and was of good cheer. But but it's interesting that we don't have a record of it, but we have lots of records of, of his various griefs. And so I think we need to be careful to immediately call all depressions mm-hmm. uh, sinful, certainly be careful to call all anxieties uh mm-hmm. sinful we we don't want to I mean, do it's that sinful not to trust in the lord absolutely you know like i think that's what paul's referring yes. to there yes there is an anxiety that comes from not believing the lord so is that mm-hmm. is that sin yes mm-hmm. and and oftentimes i find people who experience different kinds of anxiety are able to tell the difference between I know this is the case with me. I'm able to tell the difference between an anxiety that I can understand mm-hmm. and that I can go, you know, I haven't prayed for five days. I haven't been in the word for five days. 
And I can connect dots then as to why mm-hmm. I'm anxious. Well, my uh, husband loves anxiety that he can understand. You know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> but, mean, then there, but then there are those times where, as you mentioned earlier, the anxiety, the fear comes out of seemingly from nowhere. Me- it's meaningless. Uh-huh. Like, Luther would describe them as anfechtungen. Yes. Feelings that something bad yeah. is mm-hmm. happening or about to happen. Mm-hmm. Anxiety generated thereby. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I find then that the answer then is that when that comes, I, I find it wholly unhelpful to try to f- help the sufferer figure out why they're anxious and then fix it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But much more helpful to say, okay, you're anxious, you are fearful, and it's serious, e- even to the point of feeling it physically. What do we do with that now? You know, what has the Lord provided for us to provide at least a measure of comfort in this time now? Of course, Luther's a great example of somebody who. Of course, Luther never had an unarticulated thought. He said everything. But, you know, he's an example from history. Of course, Spurgeon um, is an example. I mean, Spurgeon's sermons are peppered with references Mm -hmm. to depression. He said in one of his sermons, I'm paraphrasing, I I hope you never know the depths of depression that I've experienced in my life. I hope you never, you know, he he would find himself collapsed on the floor at times at his home. So great was it. And and there are explanations, you know, what, what he experienced with the guys who shouted fire and people mm. were killed. Right, and people pl- killed yeah. yeah. He just talked about it in his lectures to the students. Yes. Well. He has a formal chapter on the pastor's fainting, fainting fits, fits, I think, fits. is the yep. chapter. Yeah. It's a very it interesting is. one. Very and and interesting. it's still that chapter that you mention is is i love the whole volume of lectures to my students i've read it a couple times even the one even the chapter about hand gestures in the book <laughs> <Hand so>. gestures <laughs> i think the whole I've thing some, you know the book is of its time oh yeah oh, however yeah. however that chapter the pastor's fainting fits is so highly relevant still and um i would encourage any man in ministry to uh to read that because i think there's something about ministry also i meet so many pastors who struggle with depression and anxiety from one degree or another and i i just think that there is something about ministry that sparks a lot of it i think well, well i think one of the things about ministry is you can never switch off never yeah, there, there are uh you don't punch out I remember some years ago sitting in a pub in England with my brother-in-law, and my brother-in-law, is, he cuts grass for a living. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, wow, you know, mm-hmm. you, you go out in the morning, you cut the grass. By evening time, you can see you've accomplished something. <laughs> That's yeah. what my in husband the, always says, yeah. why he loves cutting but, the grass. But more, but more <laughs> than that, teacher. you can go home and forget about mm-hmm. it. And it's not going to call you that yeah. night? Yeah. I found, you know, the years I was doing the bivocational thing, not only was I, yeah. did I got the threats and worries of the teaching yeah. job, but there was the constant church in the background and you're right. never able to switch off. And I think that takes its toll mm-hmm. and brings me to a point that when I was pastor and people would come to me on the odd occasion suffering the symptoms of depression, my first piece of advice was always go to see a doctor. Because I think there are significant physical components. Really, not, yeah. I would argue that from Scripture. You know, Elijah scores this tremendous victory on Mount Carmel. And what's the next thing he does? Next thing you know is the guy right. is totally depressed. Well, right. what does the Lord do? Puts him to sleep and then he feeds him. Mm-hmm. The physical needs of Elijah yeah. are being met before any spiritual well, that's, yes. that's what healing was, takes I'm place. I'm so thankful that Matt you know, went to an elder 
about it. And that was Mm. his advice, you know, and that elder had struggled with the same thing at the same age. And so he wasn't even married to you. I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Matt's anxiety is perfectly understandable. What what do you mean he didn't understand it? Good one, guys. You were right. I've been waiting for 10 minutes to get that in. Well, okay. So, so while we're on that subject, then, well, Amy, as, 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 yeah, I get anxious when we're recording. As we, as, as we come to a close, talk about the cures so to speak mm-hmm. so first mm-hmm. i could not agree more talk to a doctor mm-hmm. um if this is more than just the monday afternoon blues you get talk to a doctor and get some exercise yeah i mean i mean to be straight depression can sometimes be caused by a brain tumor putting pressure on mm-hmm. that's right you've got to get you, checked you out have. there aren't always spiritual causes of these no. things. absolutely and a lot the, of times it's layered yeah exactly yeah. the causes of depression and anxiety are as varied as the people who struggle with it mm-hmm. and so you have to look at the physiological aspect of it. And then in terms of just the emotional and spiritual treatment of it, if you like. Well, regular church, I mean, for the foundation for everything is being under the word the, week by week. The ordinary means of grace. You have to attend to the ordinary means of grace. And the ministry of the word is essential here. And I would say for you who are struggling with anxiety and depression, have someone in your life who can take you to the word. I know that uh, there have been periods of my life um, where the fear, the anxiety, the sorrow was so in- intense, I didn't even have it in me at some moments to sit down and, and open the book. And that's where my wife came in, and mm-hmm. she would do it for me and begin yeah. reading a psalm. And, and you know, it was in those moments where holes began to be poked in some of that darkness. Now, it didn't fix everything, but I remember each time she would do that for me, uh, uh, I was distinctly comforted in those moments. Well, you know, again, let's remember our theology. What do we believe about the word of God? You know, it is living. It is active. And I had to ask those kind of questions because you know, I just have a very easygoing personality. Right. And I realize that that is a gift from God. Right. Um, and not. It's not how we would describe <laughs> it. But, uh, you know, you're, you're also very self-aware. Of course, <laughs> but no, I mean, because my thoughts I, I didn't used to have any kind of compassion mm-hmm. before for depression or anxiety because I just thought, um, get over yourself. Right. You know, that's right. seriously like what I thought. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Yeah. But, you know, to to come alongside of somebody who has, you know, been through mm-hmm. it, I have so much more compassion now. Yeah, and uh, that's a great point because I, I, I do find that if you've never really struggled with it, if I had never really struggled with it, I would not understand it. Yeah, depression I, isn't just feeling a bit down. Exactly. Even on a regular basis. It is this incapacity to believe for a moment that anything could possibly get better. And, mm. and you imagine whatever the worst case scenario is, that's what it's yeah, going to be. Yeah. And, and there's no cure for it, no fix for it. And so when you're in that moment, you just can't be reasoned out of it. And that's why, again, in addition to the physiological aspect of this you have to attend to the spiritual aspect of it and and that's where well my daughter began showing signs of struggling with it Mm -hmm. in middle school and so we you know went through all these stuff with coping with it with her and giving her tools to cope with it and she she didn't have extreme case by Mm -hmm. any means so the tools were very helpful and it was interesting because she was at the beach with some of her friends and they got caught in a riptide Mm. and um you know, some of our friends were lifeguards and they're like freaking out yeah. and not doing what they needed to do. And, and she got through it really calmly. And one of them said, Slana, I can't believe how calmly mm-hmm. you got through this. And she goes, actually, that's exactly what anxiety feels like. Ah, like you, you are go. under a wave, you know, yes. and you can't get out. It's and she's comparison. like, had all these coping techniques to relax and get through Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. And it, when she said that to me, though, my heart sank because I felt like, oh, yeah. and that's what she's felt so many times. 
It's a great comparison. Yeah, and, and as we wrap this up, we've not addressed this issue, of course, but I think one thing to, to bring to listeners' attention is that we're living in an age of increasing anxiety. It's rather mm-hmm. odd that mm-hmm. as living standards and uh, life expectancies, healthcare, all of these things have massively improved in the last 50 to 100 years in the West. Mm-hmm. So levels of anxiety and depression have also gone through the roof and right. been exacerbated if, if the evidence is to be taken seriously. And it's, it's early days, but the evidence seems to suggest that social media mm-hmm. has a significant impact, particularly on young people yes. in terms of the depression that they feel. So the world is getting uh, in this, as in, in many other ways, more complicated. And there are many more issues that the church and as a body and individual Christians are going to have to address as they as they look at this. But we do hope that the program hasn't been too depressing uh, for you. We hope that it's been helpful. Uh, If you are suffering from depression or if you have any kind of suicidal thoughts, we would stress get help now. Mm. Uh, This is not a trivial thing. Please do seek help from your pastor, from professionals who can and help you with that. We'd also uh, ask you to remember that we are a viewer-supported podcast. Please visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, and uh, if you feel able, make a donation that allows us to continue producing the podcast on a regular basis. We do have some giveaways as well this week. Uh, Our friend uh, David Murray, his rather wonderful little book, uh, Christians Get Depressed Too, Hope and Help for Depressed People. It's a a very short book. Even Todd, I think, has managed to read the the thing cover to cover. I was even able to complete it yeah even though there are no pictures uh, but it's a very very helpful little book we've had david on the program before and Mm -hmm. this is an area that he writes on with considerable authority and sensitivity Mm -hmm. so we'd recommend that book to you and again say if you feel that you or any friend uh, are struggling with with symptoms of depression do do get help uh, as soon as you possibly can in the meantime uh, we wish you the best for the following week and we look forward to being with you next wednesday it's sad, so sad, with so a sad, sad situation, and it's getting more and more absurd. It's sad, so, so sad, why can't we talk it over? Oh, it seems to me that siren seems to be the hardest one. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... When Declan was born, the nurses and, and the pediatrician who was on call came in and kind of sat us down and asked us a question and said, have you ever heard of trisomy 21? Which I hadn't. I, I didn't know that that was the, the more you know, technical term for Down syndrome. And at that moment, I think for John L and I, it just went to, to white noise. That interview is next time. Join us then. Every time Truman bears his legs, it causes an upset in the time-space continuum. That's hate, that's hate speech, man. That's hate speech. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did get some Twitter entertainment anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>